14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a dive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7 From the Tanglewood Studios on the Baseball 101 Network, this is the Baseball 101 Go 6 Podcast. So welcome to the show. I'm the host, Scott Wasleger. Thank you for listening wherever you are. We thought that in light of what's going on recently with the craziness in the world and national emergency and this coronavirus, rather than talk about the coronavirus and how we should handle things and how we should move forward from a baseball standpoint. And we will cover that at some point and we'll get some coaches on and some players on to talk about that. But there's really a lot of uncertainty right now and there's really no answers. So it's, it doesn't, it seems pointless to talk about how we should move forward. So in the meantime, I thought maybe we would put out some podcasts in between our normal weekly one, which drops every Wednesday. And those podcasts would include just some fun baseball, maybe some storytelling, maybe some opinions or lists of what we think might be the greatest all-time teams, the greatest all-time players, maybe the greatest uh, all-time World Series. And particularly today going to talk about what we might what we think are the five greatest home runs of all time but in order to do that what we need is some listener interaction and we would love for you to be part of this and let us know what lists you would like what your opinion is of the top 1 through 5 on those lists and you can reach us at go6podcast.yahoo.com. That's an email. That's go, the numeral six, podcast at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at FrozenRope8. That's at FrozenRope8. You can also follow along as to what we might be talking about in upcoming podcasts. You can also tap on a message button in the Apple Podcast or in the Anchor App Podcast and leave an audio message that we could potentially play on the air. So let's try to get some listener interaction here and do this together and get through these next two, three, four weeks together with some fun uh, conversation about baseball. So when we come back, we'll start it off by talking about the best five home runs ever in baseball. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back on the Go 6 podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like, you can email us at go6podcast at yahoo.com. That's go, the numeral six, podcast at yahoo.com. You can tweet at us or follow us on Twitter at FrozenRope8. That's at FrozenRope8. 
And within the Apple Podcast or the Anchor Podcast, you can leave a message for us by tapping the message button, and we'll try to include that in our next podcast, whatever your message is, whether it be a shout-out, a comment, or a question. So let's get into what, in my opinion, are the five greatest home runs of all time. First, I wanted to note some of the ones that did not make my top five. First is the Aaron Boone home run in 2003 ALCS. Uh, Tremendous home run. Exciting. If you watch that series, it was a tremendous series between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Boone comes up. Wakefield's in. Wakefield hangs a knuckleball. Boone hits it out of the park. Amazing, exciting, great home run call, by the way, of course, by um, John Sterling, the radio announcer for the Yankees, who has legendary home run calls. But it didn't make my top five because there are so many to choose from that are really good. And also, subsequently, it's not perfect because the Yankees lost the World Series to the Marlins that year. So I didn't include it. The second one I didn't include was the Bobby Thompson shot heard around the world in 1951. It was a really memorable, iconic home run. If you Googled greatest home runs of all time, that might be the top one listed in many people's lists. It was particularly notable because the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers were rivals in New York and it was heyday of the 50s the beginning of the 50s and it was really an incredible home run and an incredible call by the radio announcer but again the Giants went on and lost the World Series that year to the Yankees so I didn't include that one in 1988 the Dodgers played the A's Kirk Gibson left-handed hitter on the Dodgers Did not play in game one because, did not start in game one because he had a badly injured leg. Comes up in the ninth inning and hits a walk-off home run against Dennis Eckersley for the A's, who at the time was a lights-out reliever. And really, you would have thought they would have, he would have easily closed out that game. Gibson comes up, limps up to the plate. A lot of drama. The announcers of that game also were great in describing the drama, and Gibson ends up hitting a low pitch out of the park. They win the game. He jogs around the bases, hobbling around the bases. I think Vin Scully or somebody said, I don't believe what I just saw. I think it was Jack Buck actually said, I, I don't believe what I just saw. Um, and Gibson hobbled around the bases, pumped his fist, And that is one of the home runs that if you, again, you Google it, especially the video of it, and you see it, it is really pretty amazing and is going to be on a lot of people's top list. The reason I didn't include it in my top five is because it's game one of the World Series that year. It didn't really determine the World Series, you know, in any way. It wasn't really close to determining the World Series in any way. So I didn't include it in my top five. Another one I didn't include was Mark McGuire's 1998 home run that allowed him to surpass Roger Maris. It was on September 8th, 1998. Never was a big McGuire fan. Obviously, 
The steroids play a role, in my opinion, on this. And the home run really wasn't a cool home run. It was like a hooking line drive down the left field line. It didn't even really give the announcer time to make a good call on it. It wasn't majestic. There was nothing really special about it. And especially now that we look back on that he was using steroids, truly nothing special about it. So that didn't make my top five. Barry Bonds passing Hank Aaron in 2007 was a pretty big home run. It was a huge accomplishment. Um, I've been a Barry Bonds fan, always liked his swing, always liked his competitive nature. know a lot of people didn't like him, and I know a lot of people um, you know, hold it against him because of the steroids, but uh, I really thought he was a great hitter. He wasn't just a great home run hitter. He was a great hitter, had a really short, powerful, compact swing, and was a good guy to watch when you're teaching younger kids about hitting and the swing itself. But that home run did not make it into the top five because it didn't happen in really any um, high-pressure or postseason situation. Another one that didn't make it was the Carlton Fisk home run in 1975, Game 6 against the Reds. Tremendous home run. I was 12 years old, watched the whole series with my dad, it was an amazing late night when he finally hit that home run and he jumped down the first base line, r- raising his arms, trying to steer that thing fair, and it, and it hit the foul pole, and it forced the game seven. It was a really amazing swing, an amazing home run, but subsequently they lost the next night to the Reds, continuing the Bambino curse. So I didn't include that in my top five either. Um, so getting to the top five, the first one I included, and we'll go five through one here, but five is the Hank Aaron home run on April 8th, 1974 against the Dodgers. It was number 715 for Hank Aaron, which broke Babe Ruth's record. And you heard the call of it on the open of our show today. But what's particularly notable about that is that leading up to this breaking of the record, Hank Aaron was receiving many, many nasty letters, many of them including death threats, and he continued to persevere. He continued to forge ahead, and, um, you know, many, many guys would have sat out and not faced the pressure of that kind of, that kind of scrutiny, but he did it. And on that night, 1974, it's a, one of the more famous home run calls by both the TV and radio announcers. And he broke what was then a long-standing record, Babe Ruth 714, by hitting number 715. So that makes it into my top five for those reasons. The next one that makes it into my top five at number four is the Roger Maris home run number 61 in 1961. And he broke Babe, Babe Ruth's record for um, home runs in a season. Ruth hit 60 in 1927. Ruth played 154 games that year. So when Maris broke the record, he played 162 games. The commissioner, Ford Frisch, who was a, Ford Frick, who was a friend of Babe Ruth's, did not like the idea that Maris broke the record in 162 games and actually didn't acknowledge it 
didn't acknowledge that record until 1991 when a committee decided that they would remove the figurative asterisk from this record and it was recognized as the uh, home run record when Roger Maris you know, hit 61 in 61, but it wasn't until 1991, actually, that that committee acknowledged that record and it became Maris's record. So pretty interesting tidbit on that one. Number three on the list is one that people may not guess I'd, I'd have on this list. And it doesn't make a lot of lists, but it's the Kirby Puckett home run in 1991 game six world series. Twins versus the Braves. Some say it was one of the best World Series of all time. It was in Game 6, and it forced a Game 7. And in Game 7, Jack Morris of the Twins pitched a one nothing shutout, and there was a walk-off hit in Game 7 of that series to give the Twins the World Series championship. And the walk-off hit came from a guy named Gene Larkin, who I actually played against when he was at Columbia. And he had a nice career with the Twins. I think he played 14 years. He won two World Series. He and one other person played in the major leagues from Columbia. That other person, Lou Gehrig. So Kirby Puckett home run was significant for a couple of reasons. That World Series was noted as one of the greatest ever. They ended up winning the World Series in, you know, Game 7 the next night. Kirby Puckett was one of the more likable players in Major League history. He was definitely one of the more likable players in Major League history. He played with a smile. He played with a joy. There wasn't anybody who, who you talked to who didn't root for him. And so that's number three on my list. Number two on my list is the Joe Carter home run in 1993 for the Toronto Blue Jays who were playing the Phillies at the time. It was a walk-off homer in game six. What's notable about this is obviously it won the World Series for the Blue Jays who were pretty, pretty good, very good team. They had Paul Molitor. Um, they had Kent Herbeck pitches that were on the inside pass, path our inside half of the plate and get his hands through on an inside path and keep the ball fair. And that's exactly what he did. Hit a walk-off home run. The Blue Jays won the World Series. And again, pretty amazing call uh, for that. Another interesting note is that the Phillies and the Blue Jays, both teams, to make it that far, you got to figure you're pretty close-knit teams. And the Phillies talk about how close they were and how they didn't want the season to end. And Darren Dalton, the catcher, said the first thing that he thought of when he saw that ball going out of the park was, what am I going to do tomorrow? I'm not going to be with these guys. And that's pretty amazing. He didn't think of what pitch he called. He didn't think of the location. He didn't think of anything else. But what am I going to do tomorrow? I'm not going to be with these guys. And what is interesting is he shares later that they sat in the dugout, or they sat in the locker room, sorry, in the clubhouse until 2 a.m., the Phillies. And they were just with each other and drinking beers. And some of the Blue Jays actually came over and drank beers with them. And it just was a indication of how, what an intense World Series that was, but how both teams respected each other and got along and ended up drinking beers till 2 a.m. So that's Joe Carter, second on my list. Number one on my list came in the 1960 World Series. It was the Pirates 
and the Yankees. And it was a home run walk-off in the bottom of the ninth inning by Bill Mazeroski. And this series was going back and forth. It was a pretty amazing series. The games that the Yankees won, they blew the Pirates out. They won 16-3, 10-0, and 12-0 in game six. And in those games, Mantle homered twice, I think, in their second win. He homered once in the game the previous day. And so this game went back and forth. The Pirates were actually down 7-4 after the top of the eighth, and they scored five runs in the bottom of the eighth. And the Pirates took the lead 9-7. And in the top of the ninth, the Yankees put up two to tie the game again. So this was a back-and-forth affair. Mazeroski came up and hits the home run. It was a majestic home run. It was one of the greatest um, calls ever. But here's what's interesting about it. He was a pedestrian hitter for the most part. He had 273. The most RBIs he ever had was 82 in 1996. Um, He hit the home run off a guy named Ralph Terry. And Ralph Terry later, so that's a legendary home run to give up, just like Mitch Williams gave it up. And Mitch Williams talks about how he lives with that and doesn't define him, but how he lives with that, um, giving up that Joe Carter home run in the Phillies Blue Jays World Series. But Ralph Terry was in the same boat, let up, you know, what is on my list, the top home run in, in Major League history. But two years later, Ralph Terry was the World Series MVP and pitched the one nothing shutout in Game 7 versus the Giants. So he was fortunate enough to get back to it and sort of um, rectify um, what, he had, what he had done two years prior. But what was interesting about the home run that he led up to Mazeroski, and Mazeroski led off the inning, is that Ralph Terry had warmed up five times in that game as a relief pitcher. Five different times he had warmed up and in the bullpen. And he notes that in the bullpen, the mound, it's not like it is today where everything's measured perfectly. The bullpen in the mound was very small and very steep. And on the mound, uh, on the field on the mound, uh, the mound on the field, sorry, was flatter. So he was having a problem keeping the ball down because of that. Matter of fact, the catcher went out to talk to him when Mazeroski was up and reminded him to try to keep the ball down. And he couldn't do that and ended up giving up the home run that on my list becomes the most, uh, the greatest home run of all time. And, you know, it was pretty interesting to see that Ralph Terry was able to come back, you know, like I said, two years later and have some success. Mazeroski was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2001. He had some pretty good numbers along the way. Many question if they were Hall of Fame numbers or not. Many think that he got into the Hall of Fame based on one famous swing at Forbes Field for the Pirates. But regardless, he's in the Hall of Fame. And I think 
you know, most of these home runs should have a place in the Hall of Fame somewhere. Maybe not necessarily the player gets into the Hall of Fame, but and I'm sure every one of them that we mentioned is in some way, shape, or form noted in the Baseball Hall of Fame and in baseball history. So that's my top five home runs of all time in the major leagues. Those are some of the reasons why, some of the reasons why not for those who didn't make it. These kinds of discussions are really fun, so please make sure that you Email us at go6podcast.yahoo.com. That's go, the numeral six, podcast.yahoo.com. Tweet at us at frozenrope8. Become part of the podcast. That would be great. And we will continue to try to put out some of this content as we all try to work through this weird situation that our country's going through and try to have some fun and reminisce and see if you can give us some good content ideas for next time so as always thank you for listening and can't wait to be with you next time